If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? <laughs> mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today, we're going to be discussing how to be productive without overscheduling. I'm so excited to have with me Megan Sumrall. In 2018, Megan left her 20-plus year career in corporate IT to become an entrepreneur, all while raising a toddler. She's the host of the Work-Life Harmony podcast and is a professional time management and productivity expert. Welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to be here. Megan, like all moms, you wear a lot of hats. Tell us how you got to where you are today. Yes. Yeah, so I did not, you know, when in kindergarten, when someone said, what do you want to be when you grow up? My response was not, I want to be a time management expert by any stretch. And I think a lot of women in business today end up with their businesses out of solving a real problem that they themselves were having. And that's exactly where I found myself prior to getting married and starting a family. You, know, you mentioned I had that job in the IT space, my area of expertise really was going into large software companies and ripping apart all their systems and processes and rebuilding them to help build software better, faster, cheaper. So I've always been a process optimization geek, took all the old school, very male-oriented productivity courses over the course of my career, and very stupidly used to be in the line of Target occasionally at the end of a long day. And I'd see a mom there with their young kids and everything just looked like the world was falling apart. And I would think, oh, that will never be me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so fast forward to me being a mom and a couple years into juggling career and motherhood. And I found myself, I was that mom at the end of every long day, just like, dear God, whatever it takes, just get me to bedtime. And really started recognizing like, this isn't working and I don't see a light at the end of this tunnel. The only light I see is a freight train and it's coming at me, you know, maximum, maximum speed. And I had a really pivotal moment one day when a woman at a park, I was pushing my daughter on the swing, just very politely asked, what do you do for fun? 
and I didn't have an answer. And it kind of rocked me to my core. And I went home that night and I cried for a very long time because first I just cried over the fact like, what the hell happened? Why don't like, how did I get from there to here? Right? Like I seriously can't remember the last time I did something just for me for fun. I mean, of course I had fun with my daughter, but it's not the same. And then of course the mom guilt sets in. So then I found myself crying because I was like, man, on the outside looking in on paper, like I have everything I, I ever wanted. And yet I'm really unhappy and I'm exhausted. And I've like felt like I'd completely lost myself. But thankfully I was like, well, the irony of this is this is what you do for a living, Megan. So why don't you take yourself on as a client and say, let's look at finding better systems and processes to juggle all the roles, responsibilities, tasks, et cetera, I had going on in a way that works as opposed to this wake up, write a task list of 57 things, run like heck to get it done all day and collapse into bed at night. And so that really was the foundation of what is now my top program, which is time management, organization, and productivity. And so over the years, as I was doing this, people were noticing changes in me. They started asking me to help them. And I I realized like, this is my calling in life. So I stepped, I just left corporate behind. And now I'm on a mission to bring work-life harmony to as many moms as possible. Yes. I love that. I love that so much. Okay. So let's start at 30,000 feet. How can moms stay organized and productive without feeling totally overwhelmed? Like you mentioned at the end of the day, praying for bedtime at Target, nearly in tears. How can we not get to that point? Well, I love that you say the 30,000 feet because it ties right into the the massive shift I need for women and moms in particular to, to make. Usually when we plug into, you know, anything around productivity or time management training, books, all of that, that's where they start us. They start us at this 30,000 feet saying, okay, let's think about your dreams and let's think about your goals that you have and all that, right? And and they walk you through a process to identify those and connect to your core values. And then we break them down into a plan. And then we get home and we're like, my day-to-day life is overwhelming. How the heck am I ever supposed to have time to start on that plan? So I like to shift the paradigm and say, we are not starting at 30,000 feet. We're starting on the ground floor with your day-to-day life. And the first shift that we make is getting out of this very reactive, wake up, make your task list, operate mode into just one tiny step up into weekly planning. So instead of operating in a daily reactive mode, I teach women how to build a realistic flexible, because life throws us curveballs every day, Mm -hmm. right? weekly plan so that instead of waking up every day and saying, oh my gosh, what do I need to do today? We wake up saying, here's what I'm doing today. And if something happens, I know how I'm going to be able to adjust accordingly. And we live there for a while until we master weekly planning to get out of the day-to-day grind. Then Now we've got the space to go back up to that 30,000 foot view and say, hey, I can't answer the question, what do I do for fun? Let me think about that because now I know how to plan and fit that in to the realities of my life. But I just think so many people are left up at that 30,000 going, how do I connect the two? Like, There's no way I'm going to have the space and the room to do it. 
Yeah, I, I really, I appreciate that so much because it, it is true. It's the waking up each morning and thinking, one, what am I going to make for dinner? Two, you know, how am I going to... God, the what am I going to make for dinner people. question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one for me. Because oh, every day at it. four o'clock, I think, oh gosh, I guess I probably should have thawed something. <laughs> that is not always the case. And I, I'm sure I'm not alone in, in no, that one. you are not. Yeah. But... I, I really, I want to sort of dive a little bit more into that, not the dinner thing, but I'm saying about what you were talking about. It almost seems like you're building on different concepts as if it were like a pyramid or something, right? Yeah. And my framework is actually, it's more of like a beehive kind of a look, but I break things down into four levels of planning. So, and we start at the bottom. We got to get weekly planning under control because that clears up the stress of our days. Then we move into monthly planning. And both of those are very tactical, like right now in the moment. Once those are working, now we can start looking at quarterly and annual. And those are very strategic, long-term planning. But so many people try to start at the strategic and they, they just continue to get stuck or churn, not making progress because they haven't gotten the very tactical day-to-day stuff under control. And so we've got to start there. Yeah. I mean, that's where it all really begins, right? Waking up each morning and knowing where you're going for. Yeah. That, and that even day. like kind of tying into your, your dinner example, I think a, a great way that a lot of moms can relate to is, I mean, we've all had that thing where it's, we're driving home from work or the park or whatever. And also we're like, oh my God, what am I going to do for dinner? Right. So we pull into the grocery store, like, I'm just going to run in and pick up something. And we're being very reactive. I need this right now. And then we get to the checkout line and we're like, hundred bucks. Like, how'd that happen? I just ran in here to pick up something for dinner. You get home, you start unpacking the bag and you're like, nothing in here makes sense. Like how the Doritos get in here, how the donuts get in here. I just ran into the store to pick up something for dinner. And that's how our lives tend to be. Whereas if I sat down and said, okay, here's $20. I need you at some point today to go to the store. All you have is $20. And I need you to find ingredients to make a nutrient dense meal for four people. Think about how differently you would plan for that, right? Think about when you're going, you'd get into the store, you'd pass by those donuts and be like, not today, friends, maybe another time. This is all I've got. You'd start comparison shopping. Do I want the frozen veggies versus the fresh? Make my budget go longer. And you would end up leaving with exactly what you wanted because you went in with a realistic view what you had to work with and what your end goal was. And so it's a lot of those same concepts that we need to apply to the realities of our day-to-day life so that we're making good, thoughtful choices and we're being very intentional and proactive instead of just reacting to what is the latest thing, like, you know, urgent in front of our eyes right now. Yeah. Usually for me, that's, I run in, I grab a rotisserie chicken, maybe a side dish, and then that's it. (laughs) So that is my very reactionary. Yeah, if I'm in that, I'm going to end up with all the junks and the desserts and that, you know, because I'm like, well, that looks good. I'll just grab it while I'm here. And it's just never good. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. I like the concept of it has to be $20 nutrient dense, feed my entire family. Something that everyone can agree on and will eat as well. Yeah. Oh, that what everyone can eat. Now that I'm not a miracle worker. (laughs) (laughs) 
This podcast is brought to you by Citizens of Sound, a podcast production agency committed to developing and launching shows with gravity and depth. From conception to launch, Citizens will partner with you every step of the way, whether you're an actor, business owner, doctor, fitness coach, influencer, or simply a hobbyist. Citizens offers everything from conception to branding, editing to mixing, and publishing to management. Jump on board with Citizens of Sound and start your own podcast today. Go to citizensofsound.com and follow them on Instagram. One thing I often hear or even experience myself is that getting organized can be a source of anxiety in and of itself. How can a well-intentioned parent deal with this unexpected phenomenon? So there's kind of two questions in there. One is the getting organized feels overwhelming already, but then there's the unexpected part, right? And I think first let's talk about just the idea of my definition of getting organized is... It's not that you are now this Pinterest worthy, everything color coded, labeled, whatever. I recently wrote a blog post on over organizing and over planning. And that's where I see people that feel like they need to get organized. They swing the pendulum so far that they over organize, which makes things even more overwhelming than they already were. So when I talk about being organized, I always ask people, can you find what you're looking for easily? And if the answer is yes, you're good. It Maybe it doesn't need to be color-coded five different ways with 20 different labels and folded the right way. Like It doesn't have to look that way. Can you find what you're looking for easily? If yes, great. If not, well, then now we know there's a room for improvement there. And when you know, there's the, my area of expertise is the organization of information and scheduling. There's a ton of other experts for, you know, the physical decluttering in the house. So when I'm talking about organizing, I'm, I'm leaning more on that calendar and information side. And the biggest tip that I can give everyone is you need to centralize where you're storing your information. And it can't be what everyone's go-to, which is I'm going to store it in my brain (laughs) because we forget, right? We're like, oh, I'll just, okay, remember that, remember that. So what tends to happen is when we think, okay, I'm going to get organized. I'm not going to try and remember everything. Now we've got like notebooks everywhere and apps everywhere, right? So we've got some stuff in an an app on our phone or, and then another on a, a list app on our phone that I've got my notebook by in the car, my notebook in the purse, my notebook at the desk. Well, then if I were to say, hey, show me everything that you need to figure out how to fit in this week, you're going to spend 30 minutes trying and gathering up all the different sources that have that, right? So that would be an example of, no, you can't find that with ease. So when I think about organizing information and all, you know, the hashtag, all the things that we juggle as moms, we need to have one central place that as things come in that we're like, oh, I got to figure out when I'm doing that. I got to make sure I handle that that it all goes into one place. And there's a lot of good solutions out there. I'm not going to say everyone has to use the same one place. I use a free tool called Trello. I love it because it's free. I can access it from my phone, computer, whatever. So then when I sit down to create my plan for the week, I'm just looking at that one place that everything's been dumped in all day, all week long, so that I can get a clear look at everything that's going on. And so that's really where I encourage people to start when you're thinking about the organization of all the things you have to do is where is your hub going to be that everything goes? 
kind of like an old school card catalog at the library, right? That you can walk through and say, it's all here. Now, now I need to, to solve the puzzle of how am I getting this into my plan for the week? That's great advice. I'll share with you personally what I do. So I have my my phone and my calendar and I, I use an Android phone. So I have Google calendar and I put every single thing I need to do in my calendar and I allocate certain time for it. So if I know I need to write a blog post, then on Tuesday between 11 and 12 o'clock, I'm writing that blog post. If I know I need to pick up something for my son, I put it in the time and, and it really helps me because I know how much time certain things can take. And then obviously you can move them around and shift them as need be. And then I always have this ongoing joke with my husband that each day I will look at my calendar and many things I, I get accomplished. Obviously there are still some things that I haven't been able to do. And so it comes, there's always a, a time of day where it comes and I say, Oh, now it's time to move those things onto tomorrow. And so then if it's a, you know, a blog post that I, I've been sort of dragging my feet in writing or, or some other task that I'm sort of dragging my feet in writing. Um, then I move it over to the next day and then I allocate my time that way. And it's been very helpful for me. And so if I didn't have my Google calendar and I wasn't able to allocate that exact amount of time, I don't know where I would be. Yeah. And so what I love about that, so you're kind of leaning into what the output of a weekly plan that I teach would look like, where when the time comes to sit down, I usually, I do mine on Sundays because it works for me and I'm laying out my plan for the week. That is, I'm actually putting the appointments on my calendar. So I'm looking at, okay, here's everything I've got to accomplish next week. No, I'm not just making a list. I'm actually looking at the realities of my life and saying, okay, looks like Tuesday would be a great day where I've got 90 minutes where I'm going to lump these three things together that all involve being at my desk at my computer. And I'm going to put that on saying from nine to 1030, you're doing this. But here's the thing about the phone that I, I want to caution everybody on. And this is a reason why I believe so many women and men alike are overscheduled today is because we are using our phone as our central hub to make decisions about our time. And when we think about our phone, look at the size of that screen. It is very small. And so when we need to get detailed information, all we can really look at is one day, right? So I have to go into the daily view. So let's say it's Monday and you reach out and you're like, hey, Megan, are you free to you know record a podcast with me on Thursday? If I'm using my phone, I'm going to move over to Thursday. I'm going to zoom in on just that day and say, hey, I'm open from 12 to 1 or whatever. And we book it. But then what I can't see from my phone was maybe that window on Thursday was like the one opening I had. And Wednesday's jam-packed, Friday's jam-packed. And I've now just taken yet another sliver of that one little pocket of time I had away. And this is how so many people are getting overbooked is we are using a minuscule lens into the realities of our life, meaning one day at a, at a time to make broader decisions about it. And so this is why I tell, like, I use my phone obviously as a reference to see what was on my calendar, but I don't plan on my phone. I plan where it's the full week at a view. And when we do that, that really helps to avoid that kind of what I call carryover tasks, the things that you were talking about. Okay, I put it on my calendar today, but it didn't get done. And so it really helps to minimize that moving because when we're looking at the week comprehensively, we can make different kind of aligned choices of how we map things out. 
I'm going to use that. Now, do you recommend like a particular type of planner or just something that's analog? Yeah. And you know, that you can do paper or digital. I am not one that's going to say you have to be paper or you have to be electronic. The way I guide people is to understand the realities of your lifestyle. So when I was in corporate and in front of a big monitor, you know, 10 hours a day, my everything, I was a Google calendar person, everything, because I was sitting at my desk where I could see a whole month and a whole week of information as I was planning and making yes, no choices about my time. Now I'm in a very integrated fluid stage of life where I'm only at my desk for a couple hours a day. And so I use a paper planner. It's actually the planner I I built and designed. So obviously I'm going to use the one that, (laughs) that I made, but for people that love paper planners, you need to make sure that it is a planner that is a weekly view planner not a daily view, because you're going to get that same problem of you spend half your life rewriting and copying things from day to day to day to day. And it needs to be a layout that has the actual times so that it looks like you are looking at a weekly Google calendar view. The planners that just have the blank rectangle for Monday when it doesn't have times next to it, those are not going to prevent you from getting overscheduled because you're not able to see your budget, your reality of what time you have each day. And I think that's overwhelming too. You have the the blank square of Monday and you're like, now I'm going to fill in all of this time. And so I think that yeah, is and very maybe, helpful. You know, your blanks, maybe you've written down on Monday, oh, I've got a doctor's appointment, you know, something. How do you know that that's three hours of your day or four hours of your day or 10 minutes? Of, you don't know what that those things mean back to that kind of budget grocery store example, right? That's how you end up with a hundred hours of tasks planned for a day when all you really had was two to work with. That sounds like my week. <laughs> Hundred tasks in, in three hours. No, yeah. I'm kidding. That's why I have to carry them over, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I love that. In your blog, you talk about planning in the midst of uncertainty. And if modern times are anything, they are uncertain. Can you touch on your approach in planning for the different seasons of your life that may be full of uncertainty? Yeah. And it's, and I, I love that you say seasons of life. It does shift, right? I've had pockets of, of time in my life where I could create a plan and feel really good that, you know, it, it was, it was going to execute the way I mapped it out. And I've had other seasons of life where you just feel like every single day, the hits just keep coming, right? And no matter what you do, all these unknowns come at you. And based on the first step in it is understanding where are you in that in life? Are you in a season of life where you already know every day is a, oh my God, what's going to happen today? And if you know that, quit trying to create plans that are thinking that everything's going to run smoothly. So I, I can remember back when we were first putting my daughter into preschool, it was not a smooth transition. And we started out with just two hours or two days a week at three hours. And I'm like, okay, surely this will work. I'm not sure we made it through the entire school do, school year twice a week for the three hours. It just, it was a, it was a rough year. I learned that by week two, that guess what? Me assuming that that three hour block was going to be mine each day or each of those two days, it was just not the reality. So instead of planning all the things that I was going to do, I had to let go of that and say, you know what? I am going to plan for, I'm probably going to get the phone call. But if I don't, 
because of the planning system I've got, if suddenly it's a magical day where everything is going well, I'm not going to squander it going, oh my gosh, what should I do? So kind of understanding where you feel you've got your certainties and mapping the most important things on your list for the week into those times and then recognizing how much of just what I call either buffer or open time, wiggle room time, we need to have into our calendars. For the last school year, things were running pretty smoothly for us, but I had a three-hour block of time that was always reserved on my calendar on Fridays for this is my just-in-case so that if I get the phone call from school that my child coughed, so now I need to come pick her up and she can't come back for two weeks. Like I knew I had the dominoes don't start falling of like, now I'm staying up till midnight, getting caught up. I could move what was supposed to be in that time slot over to this open window that I just had reserved. And so that's one of the things I really encourage women to understand is how much of that do you need to have in the stage of life that you're in and then be really proactive on reserving it. And then if it's a magical rainbow unicorn week, now you have that time to go do extras and the bonus stuff that you really love to do. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to the the seasons of life, I think, you know, when we are newer moms or our children are younger, there's so much more uncertainty. Like you said, like maybe they don't like preschool. Kids get sick a lot in daycare and preschool. And so like, as you know, they get older, knock on wood, they're in school, you know, eight to three or whatever it happens to be. And so you know that that is your blocked time to be able to get work done or whatever is on your plate at that time. And so, I mean, I know now my son is nine and a half and like, I know I am very set on those are the times that I'm able to get work and and I block off in my calendar, you know, anything from pickup until hanging out at the playground after school is all going to be family time. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mom Style Box. Upgrade your wardrobe and enjoy unlimited styles for just $60 a month. Modern Mom Style Box is the first rental clothing subscription designed exclusively for moms and moms-to-be. Get started today with a free trial. Use promo code PTO. I want to talk about overscheduling for a second. In overscheduling kids in particular... I think Ah, so many times in families, things really start to heat up from an anxiety standpoint when the kids are overscheduled and they have tennis and and karate and all of the different things that they're signed up for. How should parents navigate a full plate of children's activities on top of their already, you know, very busy work schedules and family life? Yeah. So I think a couple things lead to the overscheduling. And the biggest is never really fully understanding the time commitment. It sounds like, oh, you know, tennis, one hour a week. Of course we can do that. Guess what? It isn't one hour a week. It's how much is the drive time there? Do you have to stay there that while they're doing that? What is the drive time back? Is it aligned with another kid's activity or are they now back to back so that now that one hour tennis is now suddenly an hour and 45 minutes every week? And then 
the other part is again, tied back to kind of that phone. We have got to create the realistic, holistic plan that shows everybody, your entire family in one shared view when I talk about what I call my family communication center, what goes on there are the activities that impact more than one member of the family. So like me having this phone call with you, that's not on my family communication center for the week. It's not impacting anybody else, right? But the fact that tomorrow my daughter has a dance class, that's on there. Or if my husband's out of town, that's on there. Or if I have to do something out of normal work hours, that's on there. And so when you can line up all of those things onto a view that your whole family can see and share, that's what starts to ignite the conversations of, is it too much? Should we maybe say, this is not the year for tennis, or this is not the season for that one activity? Because along with lining up, you've got to map out what does this look like realistically tennis it's not a from three to four it's a 215 we're getting the snack ready and getting the stuff so we need to map, map mark off from 215 to 430 is what that tennis commitment really looks like and so I think that people are just so again that reactive knee-jerk yeah we can do it without taking the step back putting it into that that next level plan more that monthly where we start to get a little strategic with the full picture of what does that look like really from a time commitment, that's when we can start to realize maybe we don't have to say yes to everything. And and it's okay to say, hey, one activity per season is all we can do right now. And I know it goes against a lot of, you know, some families love the, the hubbub of sports and all of that. And that's fantastic. But I think you need to know as a family what you can support, what your kids can honestly handle and be able to have those conversations. But you've got to have the information that everybody can see it to understand this is what this really means if we say yes to it. Yeah. What tips or resources do you have for parents on where to start with organizing this overscheduling? Yeah. So I've got a couple of great, I say free, but it's $1.99. But to me, it's all the same. So I have an app that's available in both the App Store and Google Play that's called the Pink Bee, all one word. And in it is a bunch of mini trainings to help people get started. And there's two in particular that if you're brand new that I tell people start here. And the first one is a simple three-step process that I call it my ditch the overwhelm process. That if you right now are already like, I, I'm almost paralyzed. I don't even know where to start because there's so much to do. I start people there because it gets us unstuck and starts getting us back into motion again. And then once we feel like we're in motion and we're out of the, the panic state, that goes right into seeing what I call the basic weekly planning process. It's a five-step process. It's a great place for people to get started. And it's one because it's on the app, you can kind of pull it out each week and plan along with me. You can just pull open that little training and watch, you know, step one, here's what goes into your plan, hit pause, go do it along with me. And it's been a tool. People say it's like having a time management coach right in their pocket. So I would encourage folks to go check that out. Awesome. Awesome. You are the host of the podcast, Work Life Harmony Podcast. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I, for forever have been talking about crushing the notion of work-life balance. I hate oh, that term. Thank you. Yes. I hate it. I think Amen. it should focus on effectiveness. I love that you use harmony. So tell me, how did you come up with, with harmony? You know, I, I want you to just 
shed a little bit of light on the podcast and the concept. Yeah. So I, I am with you. I think balance doesn't exist. And I think the quest for balance is what leads to overwhelm. Yes. So when we think of balance, like think of the old scales, right? With the two little dishes. Balanced means everything's equal. And I think women are really, really struggling with this idea of every hat that we wear has to have equal time every day. Or let me wear all the hats all the time so that I'm balanced. So now you're in that position where you're cooking dinner, you're helping with homework at the same time, you're trying to answer the the message coming in from work, and then you're only halfway listening to your spouse because you're balanced, you're doing it all. So instead, if we can throw away this notion of everything has to be equal or everything has to be balanced and say, hey, how can I take all the facets of my life and get some plans in place that create harmony? And harmony means that we can be present and purposeful and proactive. Those are kind of my three P's around that. And when we think about like, when I think of harmony, that was a music minor in college, I just picture like an orchestra on the stage, right? There's a lot of people up there. Is every musician getting equal playtime? Absolutely not. Sometimes one instrument's being highlighted or a group of instruments, but together what they create is a beautiful, harmonious piece of music. And so I love to think about that in my life. And right now we're in the summer months. I am leaning very much more into motherhood and very much less onto work. And that's my plan. And it's making our household very harmonious. When school starts back up, things will, will shift. So nothing's balanced ever, but they are integrated and producing a harmonious life instead. Megan Sumrall, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell everyone where we can find you. So I'm easy to find because I am Megan Sumrall everywhere. So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Megan Sumrall. Again, my app is a great place. And then you can also come check out the Work Life Harmony podcast. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.